Coming up on this Sunday show, we'll talk RTJ versus JD at Golden Isles, the future of Speed Weeks, more Lucas full-timers, and Brandon Overton's claim that the 76 is still a Longhorn. Let's go. It's Sunday, January 28th. I'm Justin Fiedler. This is Dirt Tracker Daily. Apologies for the voice today. Uh, we're playing a little banged up, but we're going to uh, battle through this one. Uh, Speed Weeks is off and running down south with the first Lucas weekend of the season now complete. They got two of three nights in the books at Golden Isles with Friday's show rained out. Last Thursday night, Hudson O'Neill kicked off his title defense with a win from the pole in the opener. Jonathan Davenport did officially lead a single lap right past halfway, but other than that, it was all the rock at one out front. O'Neill topped a four-pack of Longhorns with Davenport, Brandon Overton, Ricky Thornton Jr., and Brandon Shepard completing the night's top five. And then last night, we had some drama before the race even got going, with pole sitter Garrett Smith sent to the tail under pace laps for having the wrong tire bolted on the 10 car. That promoted RTJ to the top spot and Mike Marler to the front row. A real quick side note here, I did a show last week about wanting to know the tire selections for each of these late model teams for the feature and had several commenters tell me that it wasn't possible or that teams hid them or whatever. But clearly they don't, and it wouldn't take much to have an official walk the lanes right before the feature and record each selection, and then pass that off to the streaming production trailer. They're already looking at this stuff clearly, so it wouldn't take a ton more effort to make this addition to the broadcast. Just wanted to point that out. Anyway, back to the feature. RTJ was quickly to the lead at the start, and things were relatively calm until around halfway. Marler tried to make a move on the 20RT for the lead, but Thornton got the elbows out to keep him behind. Those two scuffling then let Davenport by for the top spot, but we weren't done there. RTJ then gave JD a shot in the tail and nearly spun the 49 out before things then settled in for a few laps. Right before 10 to go, though, it got interesting again. Thornton got a run on Davenport into turn three and muscled him out of the lead, and then it was just a lap later Chris Madden was able to get out front. But unfortunately for Smokey, though, his move was negated by a caution for a slowing Tim McCready. That put RTJ back out front for the restart, and he was able to get away at the end to score the $25,000 win. Madden had to settle for second with Davenport in third. Uh, Things spicy afterwards. Uh, Thornton uh, was spicy himself after the race and interviews. My favorite line from him was, quote, he's mad, but oh well, in reference to Davenport. Uh, Everybody kind of got talked about, though, uh, some barbs back and forth. Thornton said JD has dirtied him a bunch in the past, which I really don't remember. Nothing certainly sticks out in my mind, but I'm sort of here for this dynamic. I hope Davenport does indeed end up going full-time Lucas this season because I'm all in on a JD-RTJ rivalry. Davenport even gave Thornton an elbow on the podium post-race. Drop me a comment. Let me know where you stand on the action last night. Was it just a racing deal or was someone to blame here? Uh, Let me know what you think. Uh, Besides the racing, there are a few other late model notes from the weekend that I wanted to touch on. First, in his most recent show, uh, Michael Rigsby and the Rigsby Report talked about the future for Speed Weeks with the end of East Bay coming in 2024. He said things are still in flux at the moment for the schedule, but the previously named Bubba Raceway Park, uh, now rebranded as Ocala Speedway, could play a bigger role in 2025. He said they're doing a lot of work there for the future and racing coming up this week could be an audition for maybe that longer uh, uh, week of racing that we see right now at East Bay. The Lucas teams have practiced at Ocala on Monday with racing set for Tuesday and Wednesday. 
East Bay finally closing down will leave a massive hole in that early part of the Lucas schedule, but I'm sure the series will try and fill those dates with stops at some of these other racetracks. There are a few different options here for the series. As for Lucas full-timers, it sounds like things have expanded a bit beyond the 13 series regulars we'd already talked about. Kyle McFadden had a story about Mike Marler signing up, which is, uh, that's a shift away from his kind of usual pick-and-choose schedule. Uh, Marler did win the Outlaw title in 2018, and him going Lucas now splits the two Skyline Motorsports cars, with Tyler Bruning signed up with the Outlaws at the moment. Rigsby commented that he thinks Davenport will indeed go Lucas again, even though he hasn't committed publicly at this point. And then some others in the mix on the fringes include Spencer Hughes, Dylan McCowan, and Jimmy Owens. And I had missed this from before as well, but even though he's declared outlaws already, Kevin Kovac mentioned a few days ago that Bishop hasn't ruled out a switch back to Lucas either. So things sound like they're going to stay fluid here over the next few weeks down south on the full-timers front. Well, stick around for that. Finally, before we move on, I wanted to hit on Brandon Overton. Uh, He's one we've talked about several times in recent weeks because of his schedule plans and his chassis selection. A lot of rumors and uncertainty have kind of been hanging around this team. Kyle McFadden from Flow approached Overton late last week at Golden Isles to set the record straight on both of these things. In McFadden's piece, Overton says they aren't going full-time with Lucas, which that's in line with what we've been hearing and obviously seeing on his schedule page. That makes a lot of sense. As for the 76 chassis, McFadden said, quote, while there are no decals explicitly identifying Overton's chassis, he said it's a Longhorn by Wells and dismissed claims that it's anything different, unquote. Overton said people have nothing better to do than to, quote, make shit up, and if they had made a change, the team would say so. I also had someone close to Overton reach out to me and say they are still running Longhorns, but even with that information, the rumors persist. On Thursday's Dirt on Dirt Drive Home Show on Facebook, Ben Sutton said the same thing, that Overton claims it's a Longhorn, but others aren't so sure. It's funny to me, too, that Overton is surprised there's so much speculation about their chassis choice. But I think trying out chassis brands late in 2023, combined with this rampant internet chatter, and then this situation where there's no Longhorn branding on the car certainly fuels all of this speculation. That's why we've been talking about it. Those things are not nothing in this situation. For the moment, I guess I'll try and believe Overton that this is indeed just a Longhorn by Wells, but I wouldn't be surprised if there wasn't more to the story or maybe more coming in the future. Stick around for that. Uh, at Volusia this weekend, three entertaining nights of 360 sprint cars for the Southern Sprint Car Shootout and the USCS. Thursday and Friday, similar feeling out front. Austin McCarl battling out late with Sam Haverteep. Thursday, Haverteep was able to come out on top, but Friday it was uh, McCarl holding off the 15H right at the checkered. Saturday, though, different cast of characters involved at the end. Justin Peck led a ton of laps driving the Dyson 20 machine, but it was Ryan Timms who drove up to the lead with 12 to go from the fifth starting spot who took the $10,000 win. Peck settled for second with Haferteep in third. Hopefully, this was a preview of what we'll get from Volusia when the World of Outlaws sprint cars head there for Dirt Car Nationals. You know, guys able to race all over the place, top to bottom, a lot of passing. And we saw the same thing with the World of Outlaws late models here a couple weeks ago as well. Volusia is quiet this week, and then DCN, uh, DCN kicks off next Monday night. That is February 5th. Uh, before we shut it down today, I wanted to point you to the Dirt Tracker email newsletter that I call The Slider. I sent out a new piece in recent days from Pat Sullivan. He just continues to keep bringing the good stuff. This newest edition featured a piece about the IRA Sprint Car Series and the difficulties of operating in this new Sprint Car World Order. When we talk about the new World Order, kind of this two national touring series between the Outlaws and High Limit. Really great insights in there from IRA boss man Steve Sinclair. You can find that piece and sign up over at dirttracker.com slash the slider.
Uh, that's it for the daily show today. A lot of racing coming up here this week, uh, so no lack of things to talk about. So make sure you keep it locked right here. Hope you guys have a great Sunday out there. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. <laughs>